You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Uh, took a couple weeks off for vacation. I am tan, rested, and ready. Uh, Susan, back from uh, the West Coast uh, in Florida, rainy South Florida. It just started pouring right outside my window, um, oh, yeah. which I'm sure means either it just poured outside your window or it will be pouring outside your window shortly. Uh, we're back. Um I was thinking this would be like a nice little summer patch-up episode. I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, on vacation, especially after, you know, those long Heat and Panthers runs. I know uh, I was I was fine taking a little break from being <laughs> way too invested in sports every night for uh, basically two months straight. I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, just kind of loosely following the news these days, uh, especially University of Miami where, you know, it's quiet time right now. Um, the busy June recruiting season is over. I was at Paradise Camp right before I, or Legends Camp, I should say, right before I went on vacation uh, last week. Uh, we had the NBA draft last week, a couple of Canes getting picked, which is cool to see. Um, a little bit of baseball news, which we will get to. Well, kind of a lot of bit of baseball news. Miami's got a new baseball coach, JT Arteaga. We'll get to that. Um, but let's start with football because, it's football, right? That, that's what people care about the most. Um, and yeah. it's recruiting season. Um, you know, we've talked, we've checked in every once in a while over the last few months here, um, kind of preaching patience with Miami's recruiting class. I, I kept pointing out that um, Miami didn't really start, their, their recruiting didn't really take off until Basically, the calendar flipped to July. They got a couple guys right at the end of June, including, uh, ironically, Jaden Rashado was the one last year who kind of kickstarted Miami's incredible recruiting run. Um, it was ironic. So we, I, I was preaching patience because I know Miami wasn't racking up big recruits uh, throughout the spring, thinking maybe it was going to happen in the summer. Um, I don't know. I feel semi-vindicated-ish. Um, Miami still probably losing a few more recruiting battles. Then you would likely lose Ja'Cory Barney, a uh, wide receiver from Palmetto, uh, to Nebraska over the uh, last week. Uh, Justin Scott, a five-star defensive lineman they were hoping to get, um, instead commits to Ohio State. Uh, but they followed up by getting Marquise Lightfoot, a top 100 defensive lineman out of Chicago to commit. Uh, finally, a little bit of momentum on the recruiting trail for Miami after – uh, you know, it was pretty. It was a pretty bad week for them recruiting wise last week. You know, they missed out on a guy. They, they lost a battle with Florida State, lost a battle in Nebraska, lost a battle to Ohio State. Um, but all things considered, they're uh, they got they're I think they're at number twenty as we talk right now. Obviously, it's changing yes. every day. Um, 
Susan, just kind of big picture. How do you feel about this Miami recruiting class? Not even necessarily looking at at the names, but we talk a lot about you know, in recruiting, momentum is real. Um, obviously, reputations matter. Um, where where is your confidence level at on Mar- Mario's ability to? Maybe, you know, this might not be a top five class necessarily this year, but where is your your confidence level at on Mario uh, to to get this class? to where we expect it to be, which is probably around the top 10. Um, I, I have a lot of uh, confidence in Mario. I, I How could you not? I mm-hmm. just have to go by the track record. Right. And um, he always he always ends up doing a good job. Um, and also, um, you know, we, you never know until they start playing. Everybody's great. Oh, yeah. Every well, yeah, that's the problem. Everybody's great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a four star. Not everybody, but whoever is, you know, you just think they're going to be a big star. They not they they're not always a big star, and sometimes the three stars are the big stars. And so you just got to hope that, uh, you know, Mario and and then his assistants and Alonzo Highsmith and all those guys are are doing a, a great job behind the scenes. I mean, I I have confidence in that. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm a little bit of a cynic on recruiting. I, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's fun. A signing day is really fun. But you don't, you don't know anything till they get out there. All these kids we've written about being so great, you know, I, being excited about and writing blurbs about and stuff, and and sometimes they end up not being so great. So I just, yeah. uh, I have confidence in Mario, but I think. Uh, they have to get on the field first. And, you know, once they get there, then we'll really see. It's 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 inexact science. It just is. Yeah, I think actually you made a pretty good point there about the just mentioning Alonzo Highsmith. Um, again, I think a lot of people look at this class and they've got, as we speak right now, they have 15 commits uh, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Right. Only four of them are four star recruits, um, which is not a very good yeah. ratio. Um history i mean a team in the modern recruiting ranking era no one has ever won a national championship with less than half of their roster with yeah no one is it you need more than 50 percent of your roster to be four and five star recruits to win a national championship no one with less than that has ever won again like recruiting it's an inexact science but that's a pretty telling number like you're taking shots on big guys um you know the the bust rate on even if the bust rate on four and five star guys is high, um, the the hit rate is like when those guys pan out, they're such difference makers. Um, so you got to do better there. Uh, I do think one thing that's interesting, going back to the Alonzo point, is and the, this was talking to Alonzo at uh, Legends Camp a couple of weeks back. He was talking about, you know, I asked him about just the idea that when he came in last year, I think it was around right around this time, like end of June, beginning of July, when he officially started. Um, Miami had already done a lot of the evaluations then. They'd already picked out the guys they were targeting. Um, and they, you know, it seems like that class they wound up with is is going to be good. Obviously, we hadn't seen them on the field yet, but just what we saw in the spring and the guys they won those recruiting battles against, that's that's always telling. But um now they're getting a lot of these, you know, lower ranked guys. But Alonzo, who is this really good talent evaluator, is is a is a big part of the process now in a way that he wasn't last year. He, he said it was such a whirlwind when he came in. 
Um, they were as much evaluating the guys on the current roster as that was as much his responsibility as, as evaluating high school guys. And I think that could make a difference. Some of these three start like Miami is still pretty far away from competing for a national championship. I know that's the end goal, but there's still that this roster needs to change a lot to get to that point. Um, but the teams that are really Miami's peers right now are, you know, like Wisconsin or like, like these teams that are, are kind of like perennial back of the top 25 um, when things go right, they can, they can be a little better. Those teams do a lot, have a lot of success in evaluating three-star recruits and, and getting the most out of them. Um, Miami has not done that particularly well in the past. I, I, I wonder how much of this is Alonzo has his fingerprints on a lot of this. Um, of course, the other part, like Miami's still going to wind up third ratio, which what four out of 15 is like about 25%, less a little more than 25%. Their blue chip ratio is going to be better than that by the end of this cycle. Um, I don't know if it'll be 50-50, like which is where you want to be, uh, like kind of the bare minimum every cycle. Um, but also, you know, some of these guys will certainly probably rise in the rankings. A lot of the guys are... They have quite a few who are like outside the top 1,000, but they've also got quite a few guys who are like 500-ish. Those guys are, are very close to five-star or four-star status. Um, and then, they, you know, a lot of their top targets still remain uncommitted, even though they, they lost out on a couple of them. Um, so they got to do better at winning. The, you know, the, the reason that class last year was so good is because they beat – Tennessee and Alabama and and Oregon and like all the, you know, the teams they were winning these recruiting battles against Michigan, they, they were powerhouse programs that Miami has not necessarily won recruiting battles with. Um, you know, when I talked to Gino Toretta at, at Legends Camp, his big point was that's that's what tells you that this thing is going well when you can win those recruiting battles. If a guy, if a guy Alabama, if Alabama wants a guy, that guy's probably pretty good. Um, Miami's got to get back to that to get to that next level, but um, Again, I'm like you said, Mario's got the track record. Um, guys' rankings change a lot. I think the rankings are kind of more fluid than ever right now because, um, you know, I think the pandemic changed a lot in terms of like recruiting and camps and all that kind of stuff. Seven on seven has really blown up. There are more recruiting services than ever now with on three, like really established. Um, and NIL makes it, you know, a lot of the recruiting rankings historically have, have been somewhat it had been based on college coaches evaluations, right? When a guy, people joke about the Alabama bump, but it's real. When a guy commits to Alabama, if Alabama wants a guy, he's probably really good. He goes up in the recruiting rankings. NIL has probably changed a little bit of that where guys are going to different types of schools. Um, but generally I think Miami finally getting a little bit of momentum. Like I said, if they can win a few more of these recruiting battles in July and win some games in the fall, um, I, I still think this class should be, you know, I'm not expecting to be as good as last year's class, uh, but I think could still be top 10 or, or so. And and I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They really went in on the offensive line last year. You can see they're going in on the defensive line this year. Um, and that's going to be kind of more important than everything is, I think, filling the holes in the roster. Yep. Agree. I And I, I love that he goes for the front lines. Yeah. I, you, you, you've got to. And um Hopefully they have enough depth on the offensive line um, that I, I, you know, so many guys got injured last year. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, uh, the actual, there are so many factors which go into, you know, a successful season. Um, And I think he's going after the right positions. I think he'd like some really super receivers. Um, But, uh, you know, we'd love to get a five-star receiver in there, right? That would be kind of fun. Yeah, Yeah, they definitely need a guy like that, um, given what we've seen at that that position the last couple of years. For some reason, they're, you know. That it, it's it hasn't happened. So um, I think I think they start with a lot. I think uh, they got they get those those. We, I, we're talking about 2024 class, mm-hmm. of course, and, and this class this season will affect that as well. As uh, I I do believe that if if they if they if UM looks like they're improving, as all these analysts say they are, they're going to then uh, they become a sexier program. Right. So uh, I think, I think some of it, I, I, some people would disagree, but I do believe the season uh, plays a part in recruiting. Oh yeah. I think so. Definitely. Especially because I think with, with NIL, the um, I think commitments are, you know, a verbal commitment was only ever so firm, but I think with NIL verbal commitments are less firm than ever. Um, where things, sure. can, things can really change at the last minute. Um, you know, even with a couple of these recruiting battles Miami lost, I, I think they felt good about their position going into the, the days and weeks ahead of it, and, and then stuff changes. Um, one other just, like, random little detail I, I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami has done a good job of getting St. Thomas Aquinas kids committed, um, which, you know, one school is not all important in South Florida, right? There's too much good talent, but – um, you know, that team's won four straight state championships and more state championships than everyone else in the state. And um, Miami had, had not really gotten a lot of commits from that school. And Mike Harley, obviously, was, was a great cane. And, and then Avery Huff, who, who never really panned out at Miami. Um, but other than that, it, it's been a struggle for them there. Um, obviously, the kind of this original signature guy in this class was Chance Robinson, four-star wide receiver from there. And then um, in the last two weeks, they get two DBs from there, Ryan Mack and Romanus uh, Frederick Jr. So um, I think definitely good to get a little foothold there. And they've done a, a good job. I think, you know, they, they don't have a lot of like flashy names necessarily locally. Chance Robinson, their four-star, four four-star recruits, he's the only local guy. But um, they've got in total already one, two, three, four, five, uh, six local commits already committed um, and all kind of guys who, you know, like, like Dalen Russell is one of the lowest ranked guys in the class. We talked about him uh, when he committed back in May um, you know, he was our, our player of the year in Dade County. So um, I think a lot, like I've, I've liked the foundation of this class a lot, just in terms of like get some local stars some hidden gems, some mm-hmm. high upside guys, you know, a lot of those three-star guys, they've got, uh, four guys ranked between 500 and, and 700. Like those guys could easily rise to that four star status with, with good senior seasons. Um, but they've got to win a couple of those recruiting battles like they did last year, right? That's what got everyone excited when they were, were beating out mega programs for five star recruits, top 100 recruits, four star recruits. So uh, they got to get back, back to that. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's switch gears to baseball. Um, draft coming up this weekend. Um, pivotal time, obviously. Uh, quite a few Miami players will be... Um, will be selected in the, the first couple of days of this draft. Um, but the big news, of course, uh, happened last week. J.D. Arteaga becomes the new coach at Miami, uh, getting the promotion from pitching coach after uh, Gino Damari steps down. Uh, what do you make of this uh, this move? I, it's, and it seems a little polarizing around among Miami fans. Um program is hasn't won or gotten to super regionals in, in quite some time, but right. Um but still a factor every year. So what, what do you make of this move? I I mean I I'm I'm pro. I know a lot of a lot of the fans, the vocal fans, of yeah, course, yeah. complaining. Or you know, it was our it was it was UM's opportunity to get fresh blood, mm-hmm. get new, you know, new people, new ways of doing things in a program. I like the move. Um, JD Arteaga, of course, I'm an old timer and I've known him for a long time. So uh, he's been there 21 years. Um, he, he he was a major star with the program. He's grown up with it. It doesn't mean that everybody needs to be from UM. It's like the same thing with football. You don't need to be from right. UM. It's just that this guy, and it's more than just paying your dues. Yes, he's paid his dues, but I, I, I think he's a, a very smart guy. Um, he's seen a lot of college baseball. Um, he's had a lot of good pitchers. I know they've had some problems like other teams with, with, you know, injuries and things like that. But I, I think, um, I think it was the right, it was the right decision to make him the coach. I, I mean, I don't know. I've read some things that I don't, I don't know if it was D one baseball. I don't know who said that the, the Duke, the Duke coach turned down the job or something like that was offered it, but I don't know personally if that's true, mm-hmm. but um, I, I like JD and, um, and UM has had a, has had a good think about it. I mean, since, I mean, Jim Morris won two national championships, but let's face it, the very end of his career, we've gone through that was not good. The last yeah, two missed years, the tournament, the last two years, right? Yeah, he was so. there and they missed the tournament and, uh, in the last five years when, and I know Gino's gone, but, uh, um, you know, the, the last two years, they were the number six national seed last year and the number 10 national seed this year. And I think there's only two teams in the nation that were top 10 seeds two years in a row, mm-hmm. uh, UM and Stanford. And JD is a big part of that. They've, you know, the last, I Five years, Miami has the best ACC winning percentage, 
uh, over the last five years and the second best overall winning percentage in the entire conference. Um, I think, as you told me before, the problem has been in the postseason. I know, I know yeah. that's the bottom line. I understand it, but it's not like they haven't had good teams. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. We've gone through that as far as pitching. I don't know if they made a mistake in not pitching the number one guy at first. But anyway, they are losing some pitchers as far as, you know, they did name uh, the, the Nova Southeastern coach is now the new um, UM pitching coach, which is interesting because I wasn't sure if JD was going to kind of do everything. Right. Uh, Las Gutierrez, who played in Miami. Yeah. You know, um, and was four years at Division II Nova Southeastern, um, is becoming the pitching coach. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I, I, I'm very interested to see what happens. I think, J, I think JD will do some things differently. I do. Um, and he's just been biding his time. And um, we'll see what happens with that. I know they're going to lose Andrew Walters, obviously, to the draft. Yep. Um, they're all-star closer and, uh, and they're going to lose their, their, their best player, Yo-Yo Morales, um, who's going to be a first rounder. They're going to lose, right? CJ Kafis yeah. um, is going to be drafted maybe higher than Andrew Walters, maybe lower than Andrew Walters. But I would say what I would say in the maybe second day. At least the draft. Yeah. Morales maybe. should be day one, uh, first round. Seems like a lock. Yeah, he's and then a you lock. got kind of Andrew Walters, Kafis, yep, uh, Zach Levinson, Alejandro Rosario. All seem like day two picks potentially. Or maybe you know, a couple other guys who could sneak their way in. Dominic Patelli, day two. Don Patelli could go. There's all t- different kinds of guys. Their catcher Carlos Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to lose team. a lot, but so is every good team, pretty much. Here's, here's the thing: there's some guys that have like, like that catcher Carlos Perez has one more year of eligibility, right? right. So he doesn't get picked that, until the twentieth round or whatever. Yeah, but, He's yeah, but whatever you get the, to the last year, last year in college baseball, you're kind of screwed. You have you have absolutely no leverage, right? Yes, they can offer you next to nothing you got to take it if you want to play you in a way you kind of got to take it i mm-hmm. guess uh they did have carson ligan uh entered the transfer portal which is a blow yeah. um you have two more years of eligible a pitcher a rising junior you know uh top pitcher i think bat- batters are batting like 237 or 238 against him so um and um it's it's a long time till next season, yeah. but um, yeah, I I I I like the pick. I don't think it was. I don't know. A lot yeah, of- I, I get both sides of the argument. I, I totally I, understand. They'll want to see Flush Bro. It's been the same people running the program for how long was Jim Morris there? Like, I mean, JTR Tiago has been there a quarter of a century, basically. Like, it's right. It's the same guys have been there for a really long time. Um, but they weren't that. That wasn't the head guy. Yes, right. You're right. And but. and and is it's different than when when Jim Morris left. That program was a floundering program, right? They hadn't made the tournament in two years. Oh, definitely. JD Artiaga is taking over a program that is, um, you know, That's it's not funny. one of the best in the country, but it's a really good program right now. They're they're perennially yeah. toward the top of the ACC, toward the top of the country. Um, they've been in the tournament 
pretty much every year that since Gino took over. Um, every year. Host, yeah, every year, except the COVID year, right? And then um, ho- have hosted regionals almost every year, too. And, and like you said, been a top 10 seed in the last two years. So um, I get the argument for try something different, but I also think this program is not, like, failing right now. Yes, they're, they're losing in the tournament, but um, baseball is weird. Um, and – I think I think there's something to be said for JTR Tiaga is obviously super super plugged in locally, um, and it, it always yes. feels like the the big problem this team has is they it always feels like they're run out of pitchers right in in the the tournament like they don't necessarily have quite enough arms uh, either in the bullpen or starters, um, and we've we've talked a lot about Miami's issues as a private school that just makes it hard to recruit. Um, I, I think you got to really nail. I, yes. I think you that have to true. nail. You have to nail local right. recruiting. Um, right. It's hard to get guys to come across the country if they're not on a scholarship, right? Like to come play at Miami and uh, spend a lot of money on tuition. Yes. Um, I think it's it's a lot. It's an easier sell for local guys who um, have a connection to the program and have a, have a connection to, to JT Artiaga, um, you know, who again has been around for forever. He's been in Miami his entire life, basically. <laughs> Exactly, and played and starred. So one of the best pitchers there. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of excited for next season. I'm always excited for baseball. And they, they've had really nice seasons. Yeah. Not good baseball, enough. Baseball, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but All right, I, I think we can close things out there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Um, again, quiet time, but we got some, you know, football – recruiting stuff still going on and uh right. season will be here before we know it um about less than a month probably till camp so we don't have official camp schedule yet but that um, first first week in august so it tends to be the first early week in august, august so early, early, probably, early. probably less than a month away so yeah um, yeah we'll be back before you know it with that uh you can follow me on twitter at db wilson too um i'll be covering the draft mlb draft this weekend so i'll, I'll be keeping an eye on all those canes and, and future canes um obviously quite a few of them that's always the kind of the big X factor, right? Is do those guys, you know, uh, Adrian Santana from Doral, who's committed to Miami, is probably going to go in round two. What what does he end up doing? Um, you know, a couple other local. Yeah, guys. that's the shame of it. They always have always, these. Great it's always tricky. The couple of kids from Archbishop, you know, McCarthy, uh, yeah. one's committed to Miami. He could be a later round pick. So you never know. That's always the big X factor. Is. Uh, do those guys wind up sticking? So we'll see. Um, but anyway, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.